Hello, and welcome to The Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Lou. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to The Lucy Lou Show. This is episode 154, and we're going to talk about making more sales. I want to help you move past your fears of asking for the sale and gain more confidence to sell. So that's why I invited my guest today, Jennifer Gittimer. Jen is the host of Breakthrough Babe podcast. She also co-hosts the podcast Sell or Die with her husband with almost 3 million downloads. She is the go-to sales coach and the best-selling author of the book, Sales in a New York Minute. I love this title and it contains 212 pages of real world, easy to implement sales strategies. Today, we're going to find out about her most difficult sale, how she handles rejections, mistakes you can make in sales, and I've asked her for a couple tech hacks. So enjoy this conversation and always go ask for the sale with confidence. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I love what you do because you're all about sales, but yet not being salesy. And none of us want to be salesy, right? We're just serving our audience. How did you get into sales coaching? Yeah, so I discovered at age five that I was really good at selling things. And after becoming a master saleswoman, I sold everything from working at Saks Fifth Avenue in Manhattan and selling retail to small boutiques, to selling Cutco knives, to educational software. I eventually at that company, it was a Fortune 500 company, started training the sales team and I was in charge of a team of my own. And through sales management and leadership, I realized it's one thing to sell and it's another thing to be able to transfer the message and teach other people how to sell. And and they're two different skills, right? And usually like the best salesperson gets promoted, but they don't have the skill to actually run that team because they've been the best salesperson. They're really good at selling. And so I had to learn how to transfer the message. I had to learn how to train other people and how to coach them. And once I did, it became a huge passion. And eventually I started my own business teaching other women how to make more money. Beautiful. But I think that requires a lot of confidence right? People need to overcome their fear of putting themselves as the salesperson or even training someone else. It all requires a lot of confidence. How did you gain your confidence to sell? So I find that it's easier to sell someone else's product because you have this belief that whatever it is you're selling, if you believe in it, it's easy, right? And when I created a personal brand business, all of a sudden I was selling myself. I mean, sure, I'm selling my services, but the confidence that not only you should buy from me, but that I can help you is, is like, it's tremendous, right? And it, And it's scary to put yourself out there like that. And so what I did when I started my business was I gave away some free sessions so that I could help others get results. And by helping others get results, that actually helped me see the potential and the possibility. 
And so if you're listening and you don't have results for others yet, it's going to be really hard to sell what you have because you have to believe it, right? If you don't believe it, that lack of confidence is going to be transferred non-verbally through your messaging, through how you show up. People are going to be able to feel it. And so you have to do what you need to do to gain that confidence. And a lot of times I look at it as like creating an evidence file, you know, going to people that you know that you can help and getting their feedback and getting some wins under your belt. Yes. So you're the expert in sales, but we would still love to hear it. What is the most difficult sale you have ever made? And how did you learn from it? So I've had a lot of difficult sales. One of the most difficult sales is actually a sale that I lost. So, and I'll tell you the story. I was selling educational software and we, and I had this big deal would have been the biggest deal of my career to this district in New Jersey. And I was so excited. I thought I had all the stakeholders involved. I was communicating. I had their texts, like we were texting. This was before texting was like a big thing. And, you know, the fact that they were like that on that level of personal with me, I was like, okay, we got this in the bag, brought my boss in. I brought a support person in. Like we had so many meetings and that's typical when you sell to schools, there's a lot involved. And all of a sudden they went cold. And you know, when you like send out a proposal and the person goes cold, it's my biggest pet peeve. So I had to, I figured out, I think since figured out, like, how do you overcome that? Right. But they just went cold. It was the strangest thing. We had had so many meetings. We had, we had been told by our, by the people there that we were like the leading contender and I never heard from them again. And a couple weeks later, I found out that there was some scandal that they were having in this specific district and it was in their newspaper and like everyone we were working with had gotten fired. But the lessons that I learned from it were like, do you really know your potential customer? Right. Because I thought at the time I knew them and I thought at the time that I was counting my commission before I had made the sale. So that's another lesson. Like, do not count the money until it's in the bank. Okay, and always have a contingency plan. Like what happens if that sale doesn't come through? If that's what you're banking on for your food this week, like if that's what you're banking on to pay your mortgage or your rent this week, that's probably, and it hasn't come through, like you need a backup plan. And so luckily for me, I had created a a whole, a lot of pipeline. Um, But what I see in with business owners is that like, you know, they have a couple of leads in and then they're like, okay, these are my people. And there's no backup plan. There's no pipeline. Like we got to always be building a bench of leads. We always need to be like putting ourselves out there so that we're creating the inflow so that people can eventually say, raise their hand and say, yes, I want your help. I want to buy. And, and that, that was one of the bigger lessons as well. Thank you for sharing your story. So in the sales process, of course, we get rejections. What's the best way to handle rejections? So in my book, which is called Sales in a New York Minute, I talk about how a no in my mind stands for, so NO stands for next opportunity. Like what is the next opportunity and focus on that. So if you focus on the rejection and and I'll just tell you a short story. When I was selling Cutco knives, my manager would have me call after every single sales meeting. And so I would go into someone's home and pitch them on why they needed these kitchen knives and they would either buy or not buy. 
And, and I would call. And if I sold the eight piece block set, which was my goal, we would like celebrate if I didn't, but I got a sale, we would celebrate. If I got no sale, he would figure out a way to get me to shake it off. Um, You know how dogs like do the shake off, like they like shake their whole body, right? You've seen it. And, and, and most people have seen it. Like dogs do that multiple times a day. Anytime something slightly stresses them out or they don't like or whatever, they just shake it off. But we as human beings, we keep it inside of ourselves. We're like, oh, I'm so mad. I'm going to make it all my thoughts. They said no to me. And what does that mean? That that's going to mean so many things. And then they circle with all the things it could mean. And then, and this is like natural human tendency, right? Because we, unlike dogs, don't shake it off. And so I have a practice that when I get like something like a rejection or something I don't like, or even I play a lot of tennis. So in a match, if I had made a couple errors and I know I've lost the point for my team, I turn around and I literally... I hope people can watch this. I literally start shaking my hands and I look crazy. Okay. I know I look crazy, but what that does is it takes the energy that you don't want in your body because you don't want to bring that no, that, that rejection into your next sale, because if you bring that energy in, you're going to get rejected again. So in order to focus on that next opportunity, we need to shake it off. And so that's just my physically, it just can't, it can't be something that's just mental. It has to be physical to get it out of your body. Yes. And you can try out different methods, right? Different modalities, whatever works for you for a cat. It's a stretch, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. I've never thought of that. Right. You know, like think about a, a kid. Kids have temper tantrums. Well, what are they doing? The kid, the child is literally saying something is not right. I'm not okay with this. And I'm just going to like get it out of my system. That's what a temper tantrum is. So they're just like, we just need to ha- channel them and show them other outlets to remove it. But oftentimes as children, we're taught keep it inside, keep it inside your body. Don't, don't have that tantrum. And so we need to have, figure out as adults, like how do you have the controlled release so that we can let go? Yes. Yes. But as the saying goes, the gold is in the follow-up after Mm -hmm. the rejection, right? How far do you go before you stop following up? So people will say that there are studies that show that potential customers need seven to 15 follow-ups. That seems a lot when you're like, Hey, just checking in. You're not just checking in. You want to know if, if I'm going to buy. And so the follow-up has to be thought of more as follow through. Okay. In tennis, when I'm doing a stroke, I end here to follow all the way through. Right. And then I know my shot's going to go in. If I like stop a little bit in the middle, the shot's going to go maybe long or short or hit the net. Like it's not going to be as good. So in sales, when you're selling in business, how do you follow through? And that's how I think about follow up and follow through to me is finishing it all the way out. So once you've sent the proposal? Do you have a follow-up meeting? Do you have a next steps meeting to review the proposal with them? How are you presenting the proposal? Is it like on video? Is it just an email? Here you go. Like, what are you doing to really handhold and walk them through and get data to see where you're losing people so that you can fix that? And so there's no easy answer. I'm not going to tell you it has to be seven to 15 times, but what I will tell you is it has to be valuable. Okay. Your follow-up cannot just be just checking in, gonna buy, <laughs> right? The follow up has to be 
like friendly and, and something that they would perceive as valuable. Like I just saw this article and thought of you and wanted to know when we could hop on a call to have that conversation and give them something that they're going to perceive to be valuable. The other thing I'll do is I'll actually email someone and say, like, if I believe in my heart that I can help them, I will email them and say, look, I'm going to keep following up because I believe in my heart that I can help you. And so it's my duty to continue to follow up with you until you're ready. If you don't want to work with me, just let me know. But if you feel like there's an inkling of a possibility and we just need to figure a few things out, usually it's money, right? Then let's, then let's have a chat, just book a time here. And I make it really easy for them. Mm-hmm. What is the top sales mistake you've seen? Oh, there are so many, but <laughs> one of <laughs> but one of the biggest ones is when you're on a discovery. So I'll have clients who will say to me, my discovery calls aren't converting. I'm like, oh, okay. So walk me through your discovery call. And they're usually service provide service-based entrepreneurs, and they'll talk about like how they asked questions in the beginning, they understood the person's needs, they talked about their offer. Maybe they overcame objections and then the person didn't buy. I'm like, okay, so like, did you ask them for the sale? And I get these looks like, wait, what? It's like, you have to ask for the sale. Like people don't just assume they know you. You can't just assume that people know how to work with you. They have no idea. Like you may think they know I was, I was a potential client for someone today on a discovery call. And she's like, Hey, did you watch the 20 minute YouTube video? And I was like, there was a YouTube video. She's like, Oh, okay. So like, that's why you have all these questions. Let me go through all these things. Like I had no basis of foundation to like, even be on that call as the buyer because I didn't have the background knowledge, but at the end, she was like, okay, so do you want to move forward? Like, what, what does that look like? And how can I get your commitment? And she asked for the sale. And I, I just find that too many entrepreneurs, I get it. You don't want to come off as salesy. So instead, you just assume that if the client wants to work with you, they're going to tell you. But that's not how it works. Like, it's not coming off as salesy if you ask for the sale. So it's the mindset that plays tricks with us. Always. It is always the mind. (laughs) It's always the mind because you get in your own head. Like I had a client who just did a free, a free challenge. And she, and I was like, well, are you following up with those people like one-on-one? And she's like, no, because that is not like, I don't want people to think that, you know, if they've come to my free thing, then, then I'm going to sell them on something. I'm like, but that's how it works. Like you're, you're in business to make money and to provide impact, right? So the two are correlated. Once the income stops, it's I host a show with my husband called Sell or Die because literally, if you're not selling in business, you die. Like that's just like the very simple, I don't know many entrepreneurs that stay in business and continue to just like donate money out of their personal funds to their business every month, right? Like it, that's not how it goes. So if you wanna provide great impact, you have to charge for your services. Exactly. And so many times I'm interested in a service or product and I just look at it. Oop, there's a click funnel sign. And I would just message the person, Hey, you know, I really enjoyed your free content or your workshop or webinar. What's at the end of your funnel? Because it should be expected that there's something for sale. Right. This is not a volunteer job. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> Look, like I love, I love helping women. And if I, if I could help people for free and still feed my family and, you know, live my life happily ever after I would, but that's just not how life works. And not only that, Money is an energetic exchange. So when you put something out, like literally the the thing I was potentially buying today is a retreat. And I thought to myself, I sell retreats, right? So like, I need to be really careful how I go about this to, because I want the same, whatever I put out, like comes back to you. So if I'm, if I put it out in like a crap, like, okay, there's a, if I put it out in like a crappy way, it's going to come back to me in a crappy way. Like I, you know, like that's just how life is, right? Like it's like a boomerang. And so what are the energies that you're putting out there? And when people invest, they pay attention. And so if you want them to show up for all your free stuff, and then you think you're going to change their lives from all free, it doesn't happen that way. The more they invest, the more they pay attention. Love it. Do you have any tech hacks or softwares that help you make more sales? Yes. So I use a program called dub.com and it's called dub D U B B. And my husband and I actually like affiliate partners with them and I can give you our link because they treat you like goals when you sign up under our link. And I think one of them is just dub.com slash Gittimer, my last name. And dub is amazing because it's video-based selling. So here, here's an example of something we did today. So I sent an email out to people on a wait list for a sales certification, and we sent them a video-based email, and then we started getting buyers. And so now every single person who buys, we're going to be sending an individual message to thank them, right? Like, Hey, Jim, thank you for signing up for the sales certification. We can't wait to see you in October because it's a live training, that kind of thing. Then for the people who have opened it, we're going to send a different message. And those might not be one-on-one. Those might be those might be a group message that we send to all the people that didn't open it. For the people who did open it but didn't buy, we might send a different mess- video message. But they can see you and they can feel you. And pe- people buy from people you know, like, and trust. And how better to create that buying atmosphere if they can like feel your emotion through the screen. We also use it to walk through proposals. So I just, I love that program. And I use a program called um, a, like a CRM program as well, just to track all of my clients. And it's, it's really helpful to have important dates in one place and information that you, if you have a lot of clients that you want to remember, like a kid's birthday or a kid's favorite. I have one client whose kid's favorite animal is a, is a shark, you know? So like just knowing those little things that are of importance to them. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. What's your favorite quote, Jen? Okay, so growing up, my mom, my dad had one saying and my mom had another. My dad's saying was do the right thing. And for that, I've added all the time because sometimes, especially like in the hard, harder times, it's like harder to do to do the right thing. But we still have should do the right thing. Right. And that and that's you get to be the judge of what the right thing is. And my mom's quote, which I absolutely love because it pertains to selling, is if you don't ask, you don't get. And she taught me at a very young age to ask for the sale. She taught me at a very young age to ask for what you want. Luckily, she taught me right before Christmas. Worked out well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jen. Where can we find you at? Yes, I'm on Instagram, Jen Gittimer. 
And I have a free money, Mastering Your Money Mindset course, and you can come get it at jengittimer.com slash money. Yay, money, money. Thank (laughs) you for being here with us. Thank you so much. To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Liu Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high-achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck, kissing overwhelmed goodbye, and living a more joyful and fulfilled life through strategic goal-setting and mindset transformation. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe, rate, or share this with a friend. And don't forget to join me for the next episode. Remember, there is always a way and more blessings are coming your way. For free resources and show notes, head over to lucylucoaching.com. 